Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We're glad you joined us today. We're located in Collinsville, Virginia. At Smith Memorial, our motto is simple, follow Jesus. We'd like to encourage you to check us out online, www.smithmemorialumc.com. There you can find out more information about us, opportunities to serve, and ways to support this ministry through giving. We pray that God would add blessing this day to the hearing and the doing of God's Word. service that we are participating in today had its first service August 11th 1755 there was a Puritan by the name of Richard Alleen he, he wrote this book uh, called a vindication of godliness in the greater strictness of spirituality what a strange name for a book I'm certain all of you now are going to go home and look it up on your Kindle John Wesley read this book, and what he came to believe was that the call of the Christian life is more than simply honoring Jesus with our lips. It's living a life oriented towards God, in which our thoughts, our words, and our deeds all seek to glorify God in all that we do. This is a challenging task, would you would you say so? We are human. <laughs> and yet the call of the Christian is one in which we seek repentance and reunification day after day after day. Wesley and the early followers would gather together on December 31st, and this service, I promise you, will not be anywhere nearly as near as long. They used to gather together on what was known as a watch night service. December 31st, they would gather together and they would, they would welcome in the new year with a three-hour service in which they would sing songs, they would hear scriptures proclaimed, they would gather together and what they would say is that we are starting off this new year with our minds focused on what matters the most, Jesus Christ and our relationship to Him and the world in which he loves. Since that first service in 1755, Methodists have consistently celebrated reuniting ourselves not only day after day, but year after year to the covenant in which God has made with his people. Now if we remember, this covenant did not start just with Jesus. This covenant started a long time ago when, when God called forth this man from a place called Ur of the Chaldeans. His name was Abram. He called forth this man and he said, from you, I am going to make a great nation. The nations of the world shall be blessed through you. Your, your offspring shall be as numerous as the stars in the sky. But in order to do this, you must leave where you are from and follow me. 
And as we know throughout the course, when Abraham, he, he has these various trials, and he has sons, and his sons have sons, and, and as time goes on, we have the people called the Hebrews. The people who are living in bondage and to captivity in a place called Egypt. And, and God raises up this man. His name is Moses. And God says, Moses, I have heard the cry of my people. And I have interceded. I am sending you and, and, your, son, and your brother to go to the Pharaoh to demand that my people be let go. And God walks with Moses And as the people cross the Red Sea and they find themselves on the other side of slavery, God finds Moses. He says, Moses, come to the top of this mountain. And when he does so, he ratifies a covenant. This is the covenant that I have made with you and my people, Moses. This is the relationship that I'm entering into. I shall be your God and you shall be my people. But we're humans. We don't always live up to the, to the, to the qualities Necessary to be people who live in constant relationship to the covenant. So we fall away. And God works and we're reunited and we fall away and we're reunited and God does this through the, through the, the judges. God raises up kings and, and the kings, they're supposed to be ones who follow in the way of the Lord and yet they don't. And the people find themselves in captivity once again. The Babylonians. God raises up a, another person. His name is Cyrus. Cyrus frees the people from Babylon and the people go home. And when they go home, they find a book of the covenant. Underneath the leadership of King Josiah. And here's what Josiah says in 2 Kings 23. The king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, and all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of covenant which has been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord, to keep his commands, statutes, and decrees with all his heart and with all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to this covenant. But not only did the people pledge themselves to renew their covenant when they came back, when they were on their way into captivity, the prophets declared that another covenant would be coming a new covenant. Jeremiah writes about it in chapter 31 when Jeremiah writes, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel. And with the people of Judah, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. The 
the people were diligent in their hope of this new covenant, the one who would come, their Messiah. And I can just imagine these people, these people who, who were so hopeful, so longing to be in relationship with God and yet falling short over and over and over again that when they hear this good news of Emmanuel, that God isn't just out there following us, God is now here fully with us. Calling us unto Himself. And, and I can just imagine what the people thought when they finally heard these words. I am the true vine. And my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will also remain in you. No branch can produce fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Brothers and sisters, God has always been a God of covenant relationship. God has always been a God that's demanded that we not only love him, but also participate in what he is doing. We call that a life of being a disciple. So let us recovenant ourselves, recommit ourselves this day to the work in which God is doing. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the Christian life is redeemed from sin and consecrated to God through baptism. We have entered this life and have been admitted into the new covenant of which Jesus Christ is the mediator. He sealed it with his own blood that it might last forever. On the one side, God promises to give us new life in Jesus Christ, the source and perfecter of our faith. On the other side, we are pledged to live no more for ourselves, but only for Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. From time to time, we renew our covenant with God, especially when we affirm the baptismal covenant and gather at the Lord's table. Today, however, we meet as generations before us have met to renew the covenant that binds us to God. Let us make this covenant of God our own. At this time, I'm going to invite our lay leader, Ruth, and I, we're going to come to the floor. And if you haven't had an opportunity, um, the ushers were handing out a, a manila cream uh, piece of paper that says Wesley Covenant Service on it. Um, 
Do we have any more of those left, Mike? He's going to see. Did anyone not receive one that would like one? You don't have to share. We, we want to make sure that everyone is able to get one. Uh, this is a fantastic opportunity for, uh, for you to have something on your refrigerator. Every year we participate in a service like this. At the beginning of the year to recommit ourselves, today is no different. I want you to follow along with me as we go through. I'll read a section, Ruth will read a section, and the bold sections that are there are for you all to participate in the service with us. As we hear these words, I want you to, don't just hear them, Process them and instill them within your own discipleship. Towards the end, you'll find a, um, towards the very beginning, you're going to find Wesley's prayer. As you pray that prayer, listen to its words. At the conclusion, I'm going to invite you, if you are so led, there is a place for a signature. This signature is, you know, you might think it's cheesy. The signature is an opportunity for you to, to do something physical, to do something tangible about entering into covenant relationship with God, to remind yourself who you are and whose you are. We invite you to keep this sheet of paper, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your nightstand, whatever it might be, that it might be a sign to you as you go throughout your year to remember what you have been called to. Brothers and sisters, commit yourselves to Christ as his servants. Give yourselves to him, that you may belong to him. Christ has many services to be done. Some are more easy and honorable. Others are more difficult and disgraceful. Some are suitable to our inclinations and interests. Others are contrary to both. In some, we may please Christ and please ourselves. But then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. It is necessary, therefore, that we consider what it means to be a servant of Christ. Let us, therefore, go to Christ and pray. Let, Let me, me be, be your, your servant. servant. Under your command, I will no longer be my own. I will give up myself to your will in all things. Be satisfied that Christ shall give you your place and work. Lord, make me what you will. I put myself fully into your hands. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you, or laid aside for you. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. 
I freely and with a willing heart give it all to your pleasure and disposal. Christ will be the Savior of none but His servants. He is the source of all salvation to those who obey. Christ will have no servants except by consent. Christ will not accept anything except full consent to all that He requires. Christ will be all in all, or He will be nothing. Confirm this by a holy covenant. To make this covenant a reality in your life, listen to these admonitions. First, set time, set apart some time, more than once, to be spent alone before the Lord, in seeking earnestly God's special assistance and gracious acceptance of you, in carefully thinking through all the conditions of the covenant, in searching your hearts, whether you have already freely given your life to Christ. Consider what your sins are. Consider the laws of Christ, how holy, strict, and spiritual they are. And whether you, after having carefully considered them, are willing to choose them all. Be sure you are clear in these matters. See that you do not lie to God. Second, be serious and in a spirit of holy awe and reverence. Third, claim God's covenant. Rely upon God's promise of giving grace and strength so you can keep your promise. Trust not on your own strength and power. Fourth, resolve to be faithful. You have given to the Lord your hearts. You have opened your mouths to the Lord. And you have dedicated yourself to God. With God's power, never go back. And last, be then prepared to renew your covenant with the Lord. Fall down on your knees. Lift your hands towards heaven. Open your hearts to the Lord as we pray. Let us pray. O righteous God, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, see me as I fall down before you. Forgive my unfaithfulness in not having done your will, for you have promised mercy to me if I turn to you with my whole heart. God requires that you shall put away all your idols. I hear from the bottom of my heart, renounce them all, covenanting with you that no sin shall be allowed in my life. Against your will, I have turned my love toward the world. In your power, I will match all temptations that will lead me away from you. For my own righteousness is riddled with sin, unable to stand before you. Through Christ, God has offered to be your God again, if you would let him. Before all heaven and earth, 
I here acknowledge you as my Lord and God. I take you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for my portion, and vow to give up myself, body and soul, as your servant, to serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of my life. God has given the Lord Jesus Christ as the only way and means of coming to God. I do here on bended knee accept Christ as the only new and living way and sincerely join myself in a covenant with Him. O blessed Jesus, I come to You hungry, sinful, miserable, blind, and naked, unworthy even to wash the feet of Your servants. I do here with all my power Accept you as my Lord and head. I renounce my unworthiness and vow that you are the Lord of my righteousness. I renounce my own wisdom and take you for my only God. I renounce my own will and take you as my law. Christ has told you that you must suffer with him. I do here covenant with you, O Christ, to take my lot with you as it may fall. Through your grace, I promise that neither life nor death shall part me from you. God has given holy laws as the rule of your life. I do here willingly put my neck under your yoke to carry your burden. All your laws are holy, just and good. I therefore take them as the rule for my words, thoughts, and actions, promising that I will strive to order my whole life according to your direction and not allow myself to neglect anything I know to be my duty. The Almighty God searches and knows your heart. O oh God, you know that I make this covenant with you today without guile or reservation. If any falsehood should be in it, guide me and help me to set aright. And now glory be to you, O oh God the Father, whom I have from this day forward shall look upon as my God and Father. Glory be to you, O God the Son, who have loved me and washed me from my sins in your own blood, and now is my Savior and Redeemer. Glory be to you, O God of the Holy Spirit, who by your mighty power has turned my heart from sin to God. O mighty God, the Lord omnipotent, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have now become my covenant friend, and I, through your infinite grace, have become your covenant servant. So be it, and let the covenant I have made on earth be ratified in heaven. Amen. Amen. 